Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. This is the Spotify Playlist Challenge kickoff episode. This episode was recorded with Dave Palais and Josh Palais, um, both who have appeared as podcast guests on Digital Hospitality, as well as Behind the Smoke. Uh, we recorded at JP25 Media Studios, um, which is at their house. And we talked about this Spotify playlist challenge, which is essentially created by our Cali Barbecue Media team as a way to teach digital storytelling. So if you listen to this podcast, uh, you know that every week we're trying to help people become better digital storytellers. Uh, we want to make sure businesses understand they need to be digital. They also need to be in the hospitality business, but they also need to create content to tell their story online. This challenge is a way to pick somebody that you care about in your life to pick the top 10 songs to their life. So the top 10 theme songs that essentially is the soundtrack to their life, um, have them pick those songs and then you are going to take your smartphone and interview them, uh, record video, record audio, ask them questions about their playlist, why they picked those songs, what significant was happening in their lives when those songs were happening, um, the technology that they were using to listen to those songs. And essentially, you're going to learn a lot. Hopefully, you guys really enjoy this episode. Uh, Dave Palais and Josh and Rita, they all have a special heart here um, in our family, um, the Walchef family, but also our digital hospitality family. The Dave and Jeff podcast is one of the podcasts that inspired us to start our podcast. And um, Dave, Dave and Josh and I, we had a very interesting conversation that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, there's 11 years separating in between all of us. Um, Josh is the youngest, then me, then Dave, but 11 years of separation and talking about music, technology, and digital storytelling. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please challenge somebody uh, to do the Spotify playlist challenge, 10 songs, have them publish that on Spotify, and then tag us, hashtag Spotify playlist challenge, um, tag us at Cali BBQ Media, um, visit our website, uh, calibbq.media, tag us so that we can share uh, your challenge, your journey, uh, your musical tastes and endeavors, and hopefully uh, you guys have fun doing this. Uh, reach out anytime, Sean P. Walchef at Twitter, and um, hope you guys enjoy the show. Spotify playlist challenge. What is it? What are the rules? Number one, you have to talk about the Spotify playlist challenge. Number two, you have to nominate somebody to pick 10 songs, 10 songs that is the theme track to their life. Um, they can pick any songs that they want, but it has to be somebody that you want to hear the story of why they pick those songs, why those songs are important to them. And then you got to document it and post it. Today, we are here with Dave Palais and Josh Palais. Uh, JP25 Media Studios. Yeah, how about that? Amazing. <laughs> I appreciate you letting us do this right here in the studios. Isn't it amazing how I come and hold court over yeah, there? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I come and make you guys yeah. do all the work? Yeah. I like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just to let people who are watching know, Sean is that guy that says, I'll meet you at 9, and then he shows up at 8.45 and goes, yes. let me in. And he says, you think I was going to be late? No, I just thought you are going to be on time. Yes. Somehow it's my fault that I didn't know Sean comes 15 minutes early. So I'll tell you a secret about me. Where, whenever I tell you I'll be somewhere, I'll always be tailgating before prior to that time. Got it. So that's just an FYI. So you, did you grow up paranoid, like watching mafia movies? That I grew you just up didn't watch, want to be I, the guy that I grew was surprised. Up, no, I grew up watching my grandfather late to everything. As a medical doctor, <laughs> we were late to the airport. We were running through the airport. We were never on time, and I think that was probably ruined me for the rest of my life. That's hilarious. Um, so today, uh, I got your playlist. So the reason why it's Spotify, Spotify is very easy to upload a public playlist. Um, but the reason why I wanted you and Josh to come and talk about this, it gets into digital storytelling, okay. basically what we talk about and how technology has changed so much in our lives in 2020 with the smartphone, but how do we consume the things that we love? And um, I don't know the questions that I'm gonna ask you today based off of the music, but I also want to hear from your perspective how music has kind of played a role in your life, and I want Josh as your son. So what we have going on here, I actually just figured it out. You're 27, right? 27. 27, I'm 38. 49. 49. So that's 11 years of difference. Yeah. So 11, 11, 11. And 
each of us grew up with in different points consuming music, whether it was how you consume music, how I did, how Josh did, but now we're at a Spotify digital yeah. music. And as somebody that spent a lifetime in radio, um, you've got stories that we want to get into, but nonetheless, let's, uh, let's get into it. How, what was the first time you spent your own money to purchase either a concert ticket or a music, what was it? Was it? A, oh, I know exactly what it was. Okay, what was it? It was a 45. Hold on, 45 is the small record, if you guys remember, I don't right? Know what you're talking yeah, you don't know. So okay. we need to get deep here. So, so 45. Okay, I was born. I, I was. I never was around really during the eight tracks. You guys, do you have an idea what an no, eight track? What an eight track? Okay, so an eight track. I have no idea what that is. Okay, that's funny. Eight track is a square cassette. Okay, and it's about this big. Okay, it's around this this big, and it's like the old radio carts that we used to play all the commercials on until up until about 1996. Every Everybody had carts. If you saw the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts, it was called a cart. Okay. And it's it's basically a square box, but it's about this thick. And it's an audio file? It's an audio file. Okay. And if there's a scene in Private Parts where he's at Boston University and he introduces a record and he reaches for an album and all of a sudden all the carts fall over and the record goes (laughs) off and he freaks out. It's it's a great scene. But anybody who has ever been in radio understands they have a cart wall. So there'll be the guy that does the show behind the glass. Then there's the engineer who's running all the equipment and behind them are all the carts on a wall, like in a shelf. And they all have numbers. And so you look down on your sheet and you go, hey, my next commercial break, I have these 10 carts I have to pull because these are the commercials Mm -hmm. I have to run. And you have to go and you pull them all out of the wall. And then you really careful because they're in order and you go over and you place them down and then you have to stick in the machine and push play each one. That's crazy. It's great. Dude, it's so time consuming. When I grew up, we were in, we would have to go to the library and there was a card catalog. Yeah. Literally the oh, that's same ridiculous. idea where yeah. you're pulling books yeah. from yeah. the library. Yeah, but Josh has no fucking idea no. what we're talking about. No, no idea. <laughs> Doing decimal system, all that shit. Yeah. So so here's here's the interesting thing with the with the carts is, number one, when do you go to use the restroom if that's your job? Two is you're being timed. You can't, you can't go... All right, I'm I'm gonna sit there and put this one in when I'm gonna get to it and get to it. No, you're you're timed. You can't have dead air. And most machines were set up. You could go two back to back. So if one played, you could do the other one. Then you got to throw in another one and another one. And they have to run. And then you have to sign off that you played those commercials, so you get paid. So yes. the radio station. And if, if something's not played, then all of a sudden you're gonna get fired, and all hell, all of it goes to hell. So when things started going digital, and the computer system plays them now. So now when you listen to radio, so it was up until what ninety six. For, that's when it started changing about 96 97 right. okay but then you listen to a guy like howard stern who fred is the one that played the commercials mm-hmm. and fred wouldn't go to the digital and it drove me nuts you could <laughs> hear him with the carts all the time so now if you listen to, uh, to howard stern and you hear where's this at and gary will time and he goes that's page three uh gary one and it, that's the way it's filed everything's color coded on the computer screen and it's easier you could do it josh could do it i could do it but before it was so time consuming but if you drop those carts or knocked them over holy sh- you know now all of a yeah. sudden you got to put everything back in order real quick before the next commercial runs they have to run in a certain way and so going back to the music part you would buy they were called eight tracks they were shaped exactly the same your car stereo you play them and that was it and i don't think you could rewind i think once it started going it, there was it went. an eight track in your car in your car an eight track player an eight track player no there wasn't a cassette player or anything it okay. was it was an eight track and again this is before my time i'm trying to remember like with my mom's brothers mm-hmm. and like if you know back in the 70s if it was a saturday night live soundtrack which was a popular soundtrack in the 70s you would just take that cart you play it where would you buy the cart from from like the record store from tower Re- yeah like what were the, the tower, tower records, records probably okay again i wasn't buying them i mean you're, you're, i was honestly four years old okay i'm just trying to remember but well, people no, I, people that, will that's, that's the whole reason we're doing yeah. this is because in context like consuming music how did you yeah how did you consume it but until like we don't have these conversations okay, okay. so it's interesting for me so then you could go buy their albums and then you can buy the small ones so if you wanted to buy a single with a flip song on the other side which was the first thing i, I ever bought with my own money i went and bought cool in the game celebration still love that song it's a great song <laughs> you, you know the song right you've heard it a million times well, let's get this out of okay. the way first of all dave, dave palais has proven on jp 25 media with the two clips that josh has done with him that he is a a music savant <laughs> he's done movie themes like what this is what 48 how many was a total of 85 songs he's only missed six 
85 songs, he missed six songs. Like, I would have been good at Name That Tune. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, it, my, my head always kind of works that way. So I've always loved music, like so many other people have loved music. I mean, you, obviously, we're here because all of us love music. Yeah. And for me, Cool and the Gang was the first one, the first album I got, the first full album. So you bought it? And so I bought the Cool and Gang with my own money. How old were you? I was two weeks ago. <laughs> no. Um, I, honestly, I think I was like five years old. Five years old? Five years old. And, and, you, and you convinced your mom to buy yeah, it? Yeah, I heard the song on the radio and I told my mom I want this. And okay. so she, you know, I got paid like a dollar a week to make my bed and feed the dogs. And, cool I, the and after like five weeks, I went and I bought my Cool in the Gang uh, single. And I had a record player and I played the hell out of it. And then I, my sister got me, shortly after, a few years later, she got me the Queen album, the one with We Will Rock You, We Are The Champions, you know, that one. And that was my first real album that I had. And then, uh, same thing, you needed a record player. Now, if you scratched it or the needle got messed up, it sucked. I mean, everything, it didn't sound good. Anyone who tells you, and this drives me nuts, oh, I love vinyl. <laughs> vinyl like sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve Woods, don't give me that vinyl crap. I can't stand it. Why would you like vinyl? You know, it's like t saying the first time I ever heard uh, whatever um, shout from Tears of Fears, the guy sang it through a toilet paper roll. Oh, it sounds best that way because that's how I remember it. No, it never sound good that way. <laughs> vinyl doesn't sound good. When it jumped from vinyl to CDs or tapes to CDs, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was su such an eye opener. And then people are paying, no joke, $900 for a CD player. Really? Yeah, you know, people lost their mind. CD players were a huge deal, and like, oh, this is the best what year, experience what ever. Years do you remember that? This is about 1989. Okay, 89, I think, is when CDs. When did you buy CD players? Jeez, oh, 1998. No, 1992. <laughs> but it was like VCRs. Like when VCRs first came out, they were like 800. dollars Yeah. And now a VHS, you know, player is what 50 bucks if you could find one. Um, but at the time, it was such a big deal. Same thing with you know big TVs when big thin TVs came out. You see the price of change but overall the vinyl stinks anyone who spends time at a record store you're a loser all right just go god dang just pull it out you can find a record store there are guys at record stores yeah guarantee every college campus has some record store nearby okay and there's always some girl on there that probably hasn't taken a shower in three days that work wants to work there have you, you know, ever been to a record store? Never. You haven't? Is that right? Never. You never been? You've been to a record store, right? I've been to a record okay. store. Sure. Like, okay. For, so when I grew I mean, up. Tower Records okay. used to actually still had records when I was growing up, but I was buying CDs. Okay. So there's a, a what do we say? 11 year difference of you and yeah. me. Okay. And all of us. All, okay. 11, 11. But I, I know he yeah. hasn't been to the warehouse or been to Music Plus. And that's crazy. All I've been to so Best and Buy. That's where you, and Blockbuster? Have you been to Blockbuster? I've been to Blockbuster, yeah. He's running movies from Blockbuster. Okay, fair enough. So, but that's, I mean, look at the change. So Here's, here's what I always think is kind of funny. And anyone who knows, I mean, there's nothing like listening to music in high school with your yeah. buddies. Because those are the songs that stand out the rest of your life. You know exactly what year, what you're doing. And for me, when the, the first cassette tape I bought was Michael Jackson Thriller. Okay. And I played the hell out of that. I mean, it was crazy how many times I played that. And then you get to a song and you rewind, 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 rewind. Where you were know? you listening? Um, on, on a cassette like at player. Home? At like home. You were listening. Yeah, at I wasn't home? driving at okay. the time. Yeah. So you I was, I was, I was 12, 13 years old. Got it. But I listened to that thing nonstop. I mean, all the way through, flip it over, listen. And you had to, you had to flip it over to listen to the next. And this is pre-MTV. MTV is... No, no, MTV was around. Really? Yeah. When MTV, MTV around 1980. 80, 82. It's like the same as yeah, Sports Center was 1979, okay. so MTV was probably about 1979. Okay. Okay. But yeah, MTV, when they used to play music videos, they used to have a show on, on NBC at night was on Friday nights, Friday night videos. And they just, it was 30 minutes of shows. But kids who hung out with, with their friends that didn't drive, that was a must-see. You had to see you know, what songs are popular. Let's see the videos. The videos were a big part of everything. But the, the cassettes, what cracks me up is anybody who ever drove a Ford. So if you had a buddy of yours that had a the Mustang, <laughs> or had a you know Bronco 2 or whatever your friends were driving in high school I don't know what the hell Ford's doing it only had a fast forward button not a rewind button really so you had to take the tape and you're like oh that's a great song by a Steve Miller band and I want to hear it again well now you got to flip the tape over push fast forward and then you got to pull it back out and try and time it I don't know what the hell Ford's doing but only a fast forward button you had to constantly pull that tape out and, and back and forth did I time it right did I time it right and usually you had to listen to the last two minutes of the crappy song before the one you want to hear because you couldn't time it out Wow. You have no idea that how easy it is now for everybody just to go boom. Not only to your song fast, to sound crystal clear, 
but get it right at the beginning every time. You couldn't ever get it to the beginning without yes. without timing it out. I mean, yeah, that that those stories that you just told me are why I'm excited about just having the conversation yeah. with people that you care about to hear their music background. But how much technology has changed? Oh, the technology. I mean, for Josh is- and for me sitting here listening, I'm like, what? Yeah, like what I'm are you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, here's here's a, talking about? here's a crazy thing, Sean. Too is a lot of people have done done this move, and I have I have an old radio um, here in the studio, but it's it's the play and the record button. Okay, so I you can you play something, then you record it onto a master one. You make what we used to call it a mixtape. Yes. Okay. But I've made what mixtape? Okay. I'm, I'm, old, I'm old enough to have made a mixtape. Okay. You want to hear hear something? How time consuming this is. So let's say. Your favorite song is is Randy Newman. I love L.A. Okay, which I know it isn't. That's why I said it. Okay, and you and it plays on the radio. You would wait around in your house and going, shoot. I hope they play Randy Newman. I love L.A. And you'd have your finger on that record button, playing record button, ready to go, and you try and steal it off the radio instead of going to the record store to, to buy it. This is pre Napster days. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you, but I'm not the only one who did it. So many people did this, yeah. and, and you'd listen to Casey Casey Top Forty Countdown, and you'd try and steal songs. Going, man, I, I love this song. I hope it. I hope they play it's literally it. Literally, you would spend. Oh, you'd spend hours yeah. waiting for your song to come, and you try and steal it. You'd go. I, I, I think that that's Men Without Hats. Boom, and then you play it. You know, you'd record it. Now, the worst was. Let's say you're listening to Kiss FM in L.A. where I grew up, and you'd go, "Man, I really hope they play." You know, Bobby Brown, My Prerogative. And then all of a sudden, it's starting to go, and the DJ pulls this move. He goes, it's, it's 818 in, in L.A. It's going to be 92 in the Valley, and when you go out to Hollywood, it's going to drop all the way down 82. Enjoy your night. Here's Bobby Brown. And then you're going, you son of a bitch. You ruined the whole beginning of the song. <laughs> so you needed a clean version of it because that guy would talk through the whole beginning of the music until uh, he started singing. And, it, it, and, and you just lose your mind. Go, God, now i got to wait another four hours for hopefully my prerogative comes back on. But we all did it. We wasted so much time trying to find music the way we wanted to hear it. And right and, now you can go to Spotify oh my and literally put in any one of these songs on your playlist yeah. and it'll just, I go, yep, I want that one on the song. Done. You have it's no there. idea how easy it is for you guys to, and that, to do And that's it now. like, you know, that's not even paying for any of the premium services that Spotify or Pandora yeah. or YouTube. So you don't have to listen to commercials. Yeah. But like literally how much, you know, interrupted advertising you had to get to consume music yep. back in the day. Yeah, it was. And it's funny, every step along the way, I'm sure everyone thought this is great. Eight track is great. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, a record player is great. A cassette tape is great. Everything is great. And now where we're at now, we can't imagine it possibly getting any better. Right. And so, you, you, as you said, with Spotify, you pull up whatever you want, create a playlist immediately and you can go walk the dog or whatever. And you have your, your top 10 favorite songs w- within seconds. Have you ever spent money for a music? I used to buy music on iTunes, on iTunes. and then I would do it illegally, <laughs> like everybody else. I, but we had we had different things like LimeWire. Do you use LimeWire? I didn't use LimeWire. No, it was after your time. But we yeah. do we do illegal like, like Napster, exactly like Napster, yeah. but for people my age, for your for your your people, <laughs> yeah, for my people, for felons, for felons, for felons. exactly. Yeah. We had no problem. Napster blew my mind away. It was first year in college. I, would, I graduated high school in 2000, and 2000, uh, 2000, 2001. I was in Boulder with uh, Garrett Bleakley, and we're sitting there literally press Dr. Dre and any song that he's ever been in produced pulls up yeah. download it play it yeah unbelievable okay here's I'll ask you this one too did you go through this did you ever use cassette tapes cassette or, tapes, c- or yes. CDs you used like did you like I used to have a, a case like I had, a briefcase case okay I had, I had a tape case. cassette case yeah I tape. didn't have a and it was, it was like this big like I don't know if it would pass the 50 pound limit on an airplane <laughs> it was so goddamn big and then you tell your buddies hey dude pull out you know whatever journey and then you, you, you pull out the tape you throw it in and then you never got it back in the groove the right way like dude what the f-? you know you get all pissed off because you had to zip it shut otherwise your cassettes go all over the car Holy dude shit. it was a nightmare I mean nowadays when people freak out that you can't text and drive yeah. dude try and pull out the best of journey <laughs> and freaking drive down the 405 without getting in a car accident, you know, right? and, while eating a burrito. Yeah. It's not easy. 
easy. It's not easy. <laughs> well, you live to tell about it. So let's uh, let's get into your your playlist, your your top ten. The first song you put on there was September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Came out in 1978. Why? Okay, now uh, here's the interesting thing: is I didn't know the song. I'm sure when it first came out, when it was released. Okay. Okay. Number one, it never gets old. Okay. Earth, Wind, and Fire. September is a song that I think most people honestly love. I don't know anyone that hates it. Doesn't get old. Um, I, I find you brought up MTV. You and I were talking the other day about MTV. You called yourself an MTV kid. I'm an MTV okay. Sports Center kid. Like by graduating high school in 2000, I my TV consumption was either on Sports Center or on MTV. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so MTV was a big deal. Gave a lot of um, options and opportunities for musicians. You know, the group who they blocked would have nothing to do with was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Really? Yeah, it was great racism. They could say whatever they want on the type of music, and I understand they had people like Michael Jackson or you know new kids on the block. On it was it, Earth, Wind, and Fire fought it. I mean, they wanted the help. Everybody wanted the help. It, it sold records. It made you money. But for some reason, they would they had this thing where they would not play anything with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That was where they drew the line and uh it was it was a big deal i know you can look up articles on it but it's disappointing it's not i like the song because you know i'm making a stand i like the song for a variety of reasons one is it sounds great always makes you feel good but there's a there's a connection to it with josh so rita's in in in, is pregnant with josh trying to go into labor because she's just like every woman that's pregnant and i just want this kid out (laughs) and we're doing everything we can find to say what starts the labor process and you know i think on september 21st we went to a chinese restaurant she had this cabbage soup that someone someone told her to have cabbage soup yep and promised that if she has this soup from this restaurant she will go into labor september 21st about the cabbage soup i've heard this story it makes no sense september (laughs) well it worked september 21st at night rita has the soup two hours later we're driving to we're driving to the hospital so he in the song Did it you says listen to the song on the ride to the no actually i didn't know i didn't even put two and two together i've heard the song a million times but i didn't put the dates together until wow. a couple years later and josh was born on september 22nd but september 21st started labor do you remember the 21st night of september and wow. boom it, it is there's a huge connection for me not only do i love the song but it obviously you know it fits josh perfect when did you rem- when did you figure out the date of that um it was it was about two weeks ago uh no it wasn't two weeks ago no i honestly probably about three years old i think he was probably a few years down the line and it's funny you know because john has little kids and with great personalities and my kids love music where whether it was bath time we always played music during the during the bath or how did you play it? and so through it through a cd player through back a CD then player so you had a CD, a cd player in uh, the yeah. in the bathroom i just let them hold it while they were in the tub and <laughs> it's, 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 it seemed kind of safe it explains a lot yeah um but it, but it was cd player and so we played certain things like you know the, i remember the stand by me soundtrack which that movie came out in 86 but there's songs uh-huh. on there like lollipop and stuff that the kids liked or lion king or no stuff like shark. that no baby shark back then no thank, thank goodness there's no baby shark yeah but be terrible um but I remember uh, the kids would like certain songs and that was a song Josh liked right away and I was like you know it's a great song I always love this song too and you kind of look at your kids and go my kids gonna have similar tastes in music or they're gonna hate everything uh, I listen to well I hate everything they listen to and uh, I would say through music to any parent out there try and pay attention to what your kids are listening to a lot of times your kids won't talk to you but just by listening to their music I think not only helps keep you young but keeps you in touch with uh, what's going on in their lives and what they're thinking but I think music is, is just a huge connection overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because, I mean, for us, my, my son and my daughter, they both dance to Alexa. Alexa's their DJ. Yeah. Alexa, play, How great pit, is Alexa, play Pitbull. Play Pitbull. <laughs> play, play Fireball. And then they just start dancing. And they absolutely yeah. love it. But when, when, you, when, when did they get too old to play music for the kids? What do you Josh, what, for Josh and Jay. What do you mean? Like when when did you guys stop doing? Because eventually bath time ends. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, in the car you're still doing it. Yeah. I mean, we, we every every trip. I mean, you know, Josh and Josh and Jake grew up playing baseball and and travel basketball and stuff. And there's so many times you're going to Las Vegas or you're going from East Lake to Poway. And they, I think Josh more than than Jake because he was the older one. Josh always put together different lists. You know, when did you the, first let him like were oh, you the yeah. driver of the yeah. list? Or no, no, no. 
no, no. Pick. Eight, nine, ten years old. He always let me play whatever music yeah. I wanted. Yeah, yeah always. always. I mean, yeah. there's certain. Yeah, I mean, how many times were we listening to Trick Daddy, right? Or you know, Jay Z, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, yeah, Snoop. drop it like it's hot. Remember when yeah, we played yeah. travel, travel uh, baseball? Yeah, and then Josh put together a playlist for his teammates when we'd play baseball, and every kid had their own walk-up song. Okay. Yeah, there and and that was that was cool. We we're the first team that I remember doing that. That every kid had their walk-up song. How, first how was, team. What, what year was that? Uh, that was 2005, maybe. Yeah. So, so how were the how were how, you getting the walk-up? Was it a CD? It was. Uh, it wasn't was a CD. Was it? Was it burnt how did CD? You, how did you it, was, it was. It was a burnt CD, and we bring a, a boombox or a radio yeah, yeah. to the games. Yeah. <laughs> and then we yeah. transition to iPods. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's funny now that when I see teams that do that now, I just go, "Who the hell are they?" Like I want to beat them more. You yeah. know, I would hate us for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have hated us too. I mean, and but you, so, you do it. You guys still do it. No, no, we we, we don't do it anymore. Oh, but but we were the first team I remember to kind of do it. Okay. And the kids on the other team, I guarantee you, thought it was cool because no one else I've ever seen do it before. Now you see kids do it, and those teams usually aren't very good. You're like, dude, you're getting your ass kicked. You know, mm-hmm. and like, that's your song and you're getting your ass kicked um yeah it was, it's, it's you better back it up you got your own walk-up song you better be a good baseball player that's all that's all i'm gonna say otherwise. yeah that's that's like yeah. a fight night fighter coming yeah. out to yeah, a right? song that's soft yeah like as a joke yeah yeah like you do it as a joke but then you better back yeah. it up yeah it's like yeah <laughs> you better not you better not fight tyson yeah. when he's coming out with a cut towel and right likes. yeah it's not the yeah. guy yeah the guy fighting tyson who's wearing uh who's playing all i do is win and you're like okay <laughs> <laughs> so the next song on your list is Hotel California Eagles. That's yes. also that's also seventies nineteen seventy six. Yes, and again, that's a lot of that's before my time. I, what I remember about my childhood, I I was born in Los Angeles, moved to Tennessee when I was uh, six years old. Okay, but I, I always remember just sitting in the car, driving uh, down uh, the ten freeway. And then going on a Pacific Coast Highway in Los Angeles, and just the the way it looks, you see it that scene in, in TV shows all the time. I'll tell you the exact point that I think of in my mind when I think of Hotel California is the last scene in the movie Knocked Up, where he's leaving the hospital with the baby, and yep. and they're they're talking, and you, you see where they're at. That's that's exactly where I put myself. I remember doing that drive a bunch of times as a kid, and and Hotel California, and just uh, you know I'm, I'm a proud Californian, so. It's one that stands out. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that it was Beverly Hills Hotel until I did some research yeah. on it. But yeah, they, apparently there's some controversy for the, the photo that they took on the cover oh. of the album. So they took a photo where they were on a crane. The The image is blurred, so most people didn't even know it was Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah. But the hotel, once they once everyone figured it out, the hotel wanted to sue them for rights. Wow. Like, come on. Yeah, come on. Right. Get some good product. <laughs> you talking Absolutely. about? It's fantastic. Absolutely. But uh, it, it is one of my favorites. Still love it. At number three, you have a song that's near and dear to me, Sweet Home Alabama, Leonard Skinner, 1974. Why is this so important for you? It's funny how the, all these songs that we've named so far are songs that I, I wouldn't know, right? I mean, at the time when they came out. It's one of those songs where so many people love it. And even if you aren't an Alabama you know, football fan, uh, there's so many people that I think across the country love that song. When it comes on and, it, and the guy literally says, turn it up. You, you turn it up, you know. What I mean, yep. you're you're excited. There's there's nothing like it for me. Obviously, I get excited because um, I love the song. I always have loved the song. Have become an Alabama football fan for most of my life. But then my son, obviously, played football at Alabama, which is honestly, I think my my favorite thing that I've ever experienced in my lifetime is that Josh got to wear the Alabama football uniform. And for anyone that grew up with their favorite sports team to go, your own son is going to wear that uniform, is one of those things I still say every day when I'm having a day I'm having I think I'm having a bad day or things don't go my way I go my kid wore an Alabama football uniform I go you know everything's gravy basically and so that song means uh, means a lot to me because there's a connection between my friends growing up listening to that song but then most importantly is that my son got to wear the Alabama Crimson Tide uniform I'm going to turn it to you Josh when you committed to Alabama when was the next time that you heard that song and how did you feel? Where were you? I was in the facility, we were working out and they played this song and I felt like a connection for the first time to that song. Before every Alabama game, they play the song as well and I get goosebumps still to this day. I remember a quick story, when I called my dad and told him that I was on the Alabama football team, he started crying and then I literally heard the song later that day really? and I was like, this is crazy. It's meant to be. It's meant to be, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
That's it, incredible. It, it, you know what? It, it, it is. It's, uh, it, it's incredible that not only that he was there, but the way things worked out. He was literally in the football office at North Carolina when he got the call from Alabama. Uh, he already had a student ID. He was going to go to North Carolina and play football. Wow. And then all of a sudden this option came up and he goes, called me and goes, what do you think? I was like, you got to get to Tuscaloosa, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And my wife's like, what do you mean? Like, we already know where he's going to live and he has a student ID and everything That's else. And student ID already? And, oh yeah. He, he yeah. It was, it was funny when North Carolina won the uh, NCAA tournament a couple years ago. Josh said, uh, "Congratulations to, to all the guys I went to school with." That he had his North Carolina <laughs> I, ID, but it literally was last second opportunity knocked. We went and ran, opened the door, and it changed. I think all of our lives in some aspect. Of and, and North Carolina is a great school. If he was at North Carolina, I would have been extremely happy too. But Alabama was was the school that I cheered for. My sister went there, and and everybody knows. That if you're a college football fan, Alabama is, you know, the New York Yankees. And, to, you know, if he wasn't there, I'd still be a fan. But the fact he was there makes it that much more important. Yeah, when he called me, I was in tears when I got the first program and he's, you know, listed on the roster. Um, oh, I was, I, I cried on that one too. So uh, pretty cool. But Sweet Home Alabama is, is like if it's, if all the songs played at the same time, I'm probably going to that song first uh, yeah. to leave it on the radio. Well, I, I know that most people that are going to listen to this, they won't be able to see what I'm looking at, which can you, uh, I'll Josh, put the, I'll put the picture in here. Yeah, yep. we'll, we'll put the picture in, um, in the video, but can you describe what, um, what this picture is? So it's the iron bowl, my last game in Tuscaloosa, the iron bowl is Alabama versus Auburn. And I'm running out of the tunnel and 102,000 people filled stadium. And I'm standing next to Calvin Ridley in the picture and uh, life doesn't get better than that. No. I mean, as the pinnacle in my life right there. And there are about 20 guys in that picture that are in the NFL right now. And you just sit there and you go, and, and I'm I'm in the crowd too. I'm in the crowd. My wife's in the crowd. Jake's in the crowd. And so that's uh, that's the last time running out there. And we have some some great shots of Josh at national championship games, but this is this is by far my favorite picture of all time. It's amazing. And then when you think about the deep connection now that you have to a song that you already cared about, yeah. But then you bring your son through what he did and you witnessing that. I mean, it it changes how you feel about that song. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it means uh, it means a lot to us. So uh, emotionally, and you'll see the, the songs as we're going through. Some are are different memories uh, of my life, but most importantly, are are the connections to people that are important to me. Yeah. Uh, number four on your list: California Love, Tupac, Dr. Dre. Uh, 1995. Okay, during that time in 1995, I was covering the Los Angeles Lakers. And for me, I always grew up a huge Laker fan when I had an opportunity to cover the Lakers. Um, it was really cool when I first started covering the Lakers in 93, and they were terrible. Well, Jay, the, the one thing I do want yeah. you covered the Lakers because you were willing to take basically no money. No money. Work your ass I literally off, lost money. Drive you know, sacrifice living yeah. with young kids, your wife, everything yeah. to follow your sports media. Yeah. I was covering the Lakers and I was covering the Clippers. And at the time, I think they're honestly paying me $25 a day that, that I don't know if that covered it's my crazy. gas. So I, I would leave San Diego at two o'clock in the afternoon and I'd come home at two in the morning and then I would do it again the next day. I did this over and over again. So if 82 times a year, not counting the preseason games, cause I was doing the Clippers and the Lakers. But for me, I was, uh, I was a Laker fan and so um, at the time the guys I had were Nick Van Exel and I had Eddie Jones and those guys on Lakers who were great guys, George Lynch, but they weren't winning games. They weren't, you know, championship team, Anthony Peeler. They weren't those guys. Um, but during that time, this song played all the time at the forum. And this played when guys were doing their workouts before the games, played after the I games. Think it was playing all over the world. It was. <laughs> Not just in the forum. It was. But for but me, the, the forum, California yeah. Love, Tupac, Death Row Records. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. So it, when it came out, the following year is when Kobe and Shaq come to the Lakers. Now we're talking game changer. Now everything went from, hey, not only is it the Lakers, but these are superstars. Yep. And they're huge personalities. And uh, for me to be there when Kobe first started with the Lakers was awesome, but Shaq was the draw. He was the well-known guy in the NBA. Kobe was just the guy that the Lakers traded Vladi for to get some high school kid that people had no idea yep. he was going to turn into one of the greatest players of all time. But for me, the, the connection is how important the Lakers have always been to my life and, and my childhood. And, uh, and this song represents to me that uh, I don't care what part of California you live in. If you're from California, this is, is one of your theme songs. 
Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite songs as well. Number five, I actually just downloaded this song when I saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody is You're My Best Friend by Queen 1976. Okay. And again, that's a, that's a song that came out when I was a little kid and wasn't paying attention when it came out. But it's one of my favorite songs for the reason is I'm a real loyal person and I'm, I, and if people are loyal to me. I think it's my best and worst quality. It always is the thing that leaves me open to get hurt. I'll give loyalty to, to someone who doesn't give it back and then I left myself open to get basically a sucker punched you know i gave you everything i had um all i expected the same thing in return it seems like you hardly ever get the same thing in return if you consider yourself a good friend um but for me and the people who i do consider my closest friends i always listen to this song and I, and I think of guys like you sean and i think of the guys i grew up with and the guys i still consider family to me that uh that's the song that stands out that my friends are always extremely important to me and and that's just a reminder of the people that that have stayed loyal to me and the ones i'm loyal to is there any particular lyric in the song no it's uh not exactly i think the whole song basically you can hear it when he sings it when when freddie mercury sings the song um and 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 the words are easy to understand it's not like Mm -hmm. one of those groups where you go what the hell did they just say you understand everything he says um but it, but it reminds me of, of the people, whether they're in San Diego, L.A., Nashville, Tennessee, the ones that, that mean the most to me. Um, I always think of, the, think of them when I hear that song. Uh, next on the list, we got Public Service Announcement, Jay-Z, 2003, off the Black Album. Okay, it is a great song. Now, a lot of people <laughs> great say, song. great song. I don't know it. Now, here's the deal. Josh introduced me to the song. Okay, a lot of these songs, uh, you know, come down to, you know, my relationship with Josh. Josh is the one that played the song for me when he was in high school. And it was his song when Josh would come in and pitch. And it was intimidating. Say, it was cool. Yeah. It's, it's, and if you haven't heard it, it will get you fired up. And if you're, I always say, if I was a solo DJ, this would be my song to start every show. This is, a, it's a great song. The words are awesome. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Josh took me to a Jay-Z Kanye concert in 2011, which I wasn't in a hurry to go to. I was, I was like, I didn't want to go. And he's like, just go. We, we got an extra ticket. Our seats were all the way at the top of Staples. Yeah. Josh goes, we're going down there ninth row. And we're going in front of that stage. And we ended up, I mean, right in front of the stage. And we just snuck down. We we sat ninth row. All the Kardashian girls are right behind us. I honestly believe that's the night Kanye met Kim. Yeah. But all the Kardashian girls behind us. Uh, Kobe. Kobe was behind the us. Kardashians Je- are behind, behind us. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Drake, Kobe's Justin Bieber. You. Kobe was behind us. J- Drake and Justin yeah. Bieber behind Get us. Get out yeah. of here. All, seriously, everybody, that's how far we cheated. Just, uh, that's unbelievable. And nobody stopped us. We had a we had a great time. Um, it was honestly, the, still to this day, the best concert I ever went to. And I uh, absolutely loved it. And he did public service announcement that night. But if you listen to public service announcement, I promise you will not be disappointed. It's a fantastic song but josh used it for sports when he would come in to, to pitch and it was intimidating you got a guy six sticks throwing that fast who comes over with this song and you're going holy cow man it's kind of not saying it's hell's bells but for josh it was great and for me it's one of my favorites because i love the song but too immediately i think of my son yeah, I mean, that's my favorite song on this list. This song you cannot listen to without smiling. It's Lovely Day by Bill Withers in 1977. It's funny how I'm picking all these songs in uh, in, in the 70s here, but Bill Withers is, he, there's so many things he does that are great. If you go back and you just listen to Bill Withers, and he just passed away. And so I've gone back and I've listened to it over the last year. But this song, Lovely Day, I literally set my phone to it uh, it's my alarm. It's what I wake up to every morning when I when I start my day, and I, I do it because I try and wake up in a good mood. And yep. and you know you don't want to wake up and be pissed off about something you have to do or or something on your calendar. You're like I don't want to do that. I wish I was doing this. So I, I try and set myself in the right mindset every day. And and you can't go wrong with this song. I don't know anyone who listens to that song and goes this sucks. That's it's a phenomenal song. It's hard to punch somebody in the face when you're listening. To that song. <laughs> yeah, when you tell me about the alarm clock, all I can think about is Groundhog Day and Bill, and Bill Murray. But nonetheless, Groundhog Day is a phenomenal movie because yes. it actually gets you to the point where if you do appreciate and you do live with gratitude, um, he eventually figures out how to get out of that yes. day. <laughs> um, what we have next is Blessings, Florida Georgia Line, two, 2019. Yeah, about that. Recent one. It is a recent song, and it's it's a song that reminds me of my wife and so I've been with my wife since I was 19 years old and um, it, it's it's a song that that you know we've been through a lot um, 
you know, been through a lot as far as, as, as teenagers, when we met each other to have in, you know, getting married at 21 to have in Josh at 22, um, you know, to losing a son. And so that song and the relationship that Rita and I have is very special. And, you know, people know the story that we lost our youngest son. So, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when that happens, the marriage just split apart. And, uh, honestly, ours is, has probably never been better than it is right now. And, um, and so when the, my wife loves the song, I played it for the other day. She n- never heard it, never, never heard the song. I played it for two days ago and, and she absolutely loved it. So it's the right song for us. At number nine, you have smile by uncle cracker 2009. Okay. Here's an interesting song. I never would have guessed that I would put an uncle cracker song in there. So, um, I coached baseball. I've been coaching baseball for years since Josh was a little, even before Josh was born, I coached baseball um love it uh growing up playing sports which meant a ton to me wasn't uh always the best meaning i didn't always have the best coaches i didn't always have uh people that supported what i wanted to do and i remember thinking um this is it's tough growing up it's tough being a kid it's tough going to school not just for me but kids that i watch and um i've made a point to say we're going to come together as a team that from day one, when we start this first, very first practice, this is family and the kids. And I have always said that Josh's teammates, Jake's teammates have always said that this is a family. Um, the, my kids backed it up. The other kids followed. We we're fortunate to win a lot of games. It's great to be in a good mood when you're winning. But um, I, my big thing is, and Josh has heard me say this a lot of time, we're creating good childhood memories. When it's all said and done, whether we win or lose the game, no one's going to basically remember or care. You know, I was watched coaches and parents who the game ends and they're fighting at the end of the games. But 10 minutes after that game is over, the kid on the other team and the kid in your dugout, they're right by that snack bar, hanging out, laughing, having a good time, not leaving the, the field to watch their friends play for like eight hours a day. And it's good childhood memories. And I had a parent and a kid say to me one time, and it might have been the best compliment of all time. They go, what you do with these kids and put them in that mind form of, of caring about each other and creating good childhood memories, which they don't realize you're doing at the time, has, uh, has, has been fantastic. And that's what I, I try and do, um, is that I want them to look back at this short time in their childhood and go, you know what, I had a good childhood, and this was part of it. Or I had a crappy childhood, but that my good part of my childhood was Coach Dave put me in a situation that I always remember having a good time. And so I was used to look back, Sean, that uh, not exactly the championships that we won, but the next year I'd get the list of kids that sign up for Little League. And if I got all the kids that played for me the year before to sign up, it means I did a pretty good job, you know, that they had that good of a time to say, I want to do it again. And so uh, if you listen to to Smile and, and Uncle Cracker, it reminds me of, of those kids and what I'm trying to do now as far as, be honest, most kids aren't going to play Major League baseball but uh we're, we're trying to create good childhood memories and that that's what that song reminds me of and number 10 on the spotify playlist challenge for dave palais is memories uh maroon 5 2019 you know and uh it, it, here's the deal the, the song has a couple different meanings for me one is I think we do checks all the time as we get older. As you mentioned, I'm 49, going to be 50 next. And, and you know, people go, well, that's a halfway point in your life. Well, technically, it probably isn't. I mean, how many of us are living to 100? So for me, you do checks on, am I doing this right? You know, nobody has life figured out. You know, do, do the people I care about care about me? Do I have people in the world that actually care about me? Am I selfish? Am I too giving? Do I, am I bad with money? Am I, you know, you start checking things off. Am I doing things that I get out of bed every day and say, this is what I would do if I was in my dreams? situation and you try and live the best life you can and when it's all said and done i hope i have the the correct memories in order um you know uh, uh, kobe bryant they played when he passed away in january um this song is and it showed him from chick hearn introducing him to his career and it's very emotional I, i recommend anyone look it up on youtube um but they played it at his funeral and it's it's a fantastic song but it's one of those where when it's all said and done did you put it all out there and give it 100 percent? and that's that's kind of for me as i hope the memories are in the right order so thank you for sharing 
I appreciate it. You know, it was <laughs> it was kind of funny as we're going through this list and you're reading the years and you start thinking, at least I'm one of those guys that thinks, am I living too much in the in the past? You know, <laughs> but there, there are so many songs that that obviously mean a lot to, I think, a, a lot of people, whether it's the people they hung out with, Sean, or movies that they saw or different parts of their lives, family vacations. But it's kind of funny. And I don't know if it's a good sign or a bad sign that I picked so many songs that are important to me that came out before I even understood the music or the song. Yeah. You know, I was basically a very little kid uh, when a lot of them came out, but so many of them, I think they basically break down what's most important to me in my life. And that's obviously my wife, my, my son and uh, my friends. And that's where the, those 10 songs, you know, come out and mean the most to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. You and I, we, you know, we've developed a deeper relationship walking, you know, Monday through Friday during the coronavirus, but talking about, you know, I was on a podcast talking during movies and he asked me a question before the podcast, which was, what are your top 10 movies of all time? And until he asked me that question, I never thought about it. I'm like, well, how, Is that right? how, do I, how do I even break that down to what are the top 10 movies? And thinking of the top 10 songs or the top 10 movies, you start to think about, well, when did I watch that movie? Or when did I listen to that song? And how have I, you know, how has that song or that movie impacted me? And, um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing, you know, because a lot of that's personal. And it, that's the thing with music. A lot of it is personal. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes it's inspirational. Sometimes it helps us get over, um, deal with loss. Sometimes Absolutely. It helps us get hyped up to come in and pitch or fight or do whatever we do. Yeah. And music music just takes us to a different place. And the thing that I, I appreciate is your willingness to go back through that with your son, with me, but also just to talk about the, the technology, you know, you yeah. know how fascinated <laughs> I am with digital hospitality and just, we go through and all these changes have happened so quickly that we don't realize how we went from eight tracks to CDs to, you know, iPods to Napster to yeah. where we are now with Spotify and Apple Music and however you consume music. I mean, radio, Sirius, whatever it is, um, how are we consuming music and, you know, how are we creating those memories? You know, because I, I think about my kids, Yes. you know, and I want to make sure that the music that I'm introducing them to is a wide variety. Yeah. And, you know, it, it will change from the music you're introducing them to, to the music they're, they're introducing me to. If you, if, to me, if you're smart, yeah, you can sit yeah. there and play the game. My dad never took time to listen to the music I listened to. And I, I think a lot of people I know, a lot of dads go, oh, your music stinks. I mean, how many times have you heard that? If people say, I don't know what these kids listen to nowadays, you know? And and I think most generations do that. I, I honestly believe one of the smartest things you can do as a parent is take time to listen to the music that your, your kids are listening to. I think, Josh, there are songs that are playing played and I'll go, Oh, this is a good song. I like the song by Drake and hold give me a double take. Like, how do you know? <laughs> and, and I love, honestly, I love I, it. You, you were a good teacher for your dad, but you needed him to actually buy into that. And I, that's great advice, Dave. I mean, it really is. I, I just think to keep that relationship going with your kids, I think one of the easiest way to do it is through music. Well, music gets to storytelling, right? Yep. So all these different artists, no matter what genre of music, they're telling stories. Yeah and how it makes people feel, you know, sometimes it makes people depressed, sometimes it makes them happy, but it's a way to connect. Yeah. And if you're not willing to make that connection because you're just not willing to have that conversation, yeah. it's hard to be a good dad. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about before we head out is uh, JP25 Media. You guys have come a long way since the last time um, we did a podcast here talking about um, the charity. Yeah. Uh, couldn't be more impressed with the content you guys are putting out. Appreciate it. Um, Josh, tell me the, the shows. What shows do you have now and what's the plans for the future? Okay, so we have a number of shows. Um, the one that I do by myself is Next Question. It's a dating show. Hilarious. You appreciate that? Fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. It's no, just... you're tapping into what people want. Yes. And they're unwilling to share that story or ask that question. I'm willing to be uncomfortable so other people can be entertained, <laughs> which, which most people won't, aren't willing to do. So I, I'll do that for you guys. It is, it is a great show. It's one of these shows, honestly, as his dad, I don't watch as much. <laughs> but it's one of those where every one of my friends watches that show. Yeah. Not only, and, and I mean, it's, it's a great show for people who uh, want to know what, what you basically got people in their 20s are doing now, like what's out there. But it's a, it's a guilty pleasure show sure. where you're going, oh my God, like either 
that's what happens now, or I remember what it was like when I was younger. If Josh wasn't hosting it, I'd be watching every one of them. But everybody I know watches that show. It, it is it is extremely popular. Take time to watch uh, Nick's question. It is it's one of those. If you're a teenager, if you're in your twenties, if you're uh, almost fifty, you're going to be entertained by the by the show. It's, it's, it's fantastic. How do how do people watch it? Where, where? You can find us on Instagram at JP Twenty Five Media, Twitter JP Twenty Five Media, but um, most importantly YouTube JP Twenty Five Media. And if you enjoy the content and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. The next show is my favorite show. It's Good Chatter. It's one I get to do with my dad, and it's it's important to me because we do it in memory of Jake Palais, my brother who passed away. JP Twenty Five Media is for Jake. JP was his initials, 25 was his number, and we're putting content out out there for us that we enjoy, but we also think it's good for you guys because you can remember my brother and all the funny stuff he used to do, and we talk about relevant topics as well. So uh, my dad enjoys doing good chatter with me because it's going to be up there forever, and maybe I can show my kids about my little brother. Getting a little bit emotional. Yeah. So for, for us doing this show the good chatter part it's conversation josh and i it's real conversation josh and i have to me a, a great father-son relationship best that that i know of i mean honestly we're, we're best of friends i look forward to talking to him every day we text each other nonstop. we send each other funny videos nonstop. you're now part of that group here we send you stuff all the time whether you need it or not but it's one of those where I'm not going to be around forever. And you start thinking about that. You know, what are you uh, going to be? Yeah, I guess the message relayed like to, you know, my grandkids one day or great grandkids. And Josh now has the ability to say, this is us on, on video, you know, yeah. and we can put it out there. And then one day Josh isn't going to be there. And his, his kids or grandkids can say, here's the history of your family. Yeah. You know, look at these two assholes that, <laughs> these that, two assholes. that, that were, were crazy. So, um, no, anyway, it, it, it's one of those, I'm, it's, personal it's fantastic i think it's pretty entertaining i love the fact we get to share the jake stories um but it's that's the real us is is right there for everybody to see and so it's a lot of fun i think it's very admirable um from the outside and now i'm you know on the inside but to watch you guys build your own media brand somebody like yourself that has worked in every position in sports entertainment has built an incredible career but now doing it with your son but having the conversation digitally and sharing things that are uncomfortable yeah you know you're doing it in memory of jake but you're also honoring jake you're also doing it for the charity you're also doing it for the kids that are going to hear that um you're also doing it for entertainment um you know part of it is just being willing to hit publish and willing to produce content absolutely never been easier no it has never been easier you're a huge part of it you kind of gave us the little boost to say this is the direction that everything is going i'll push Um, anybody off a cliff and so i i uh, I love you i'll push you right off the cliff it is it has been that's the greatest form of love i can give you yeah it's it's really an avenue that i'm glad we took and we probably wouldn't have taken it without you you've given us that push so it's been great um you 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 said you know as far as as josh mentioned the jp25 what it means uh we're, we're doing a thing sean's on the board Josh and I are on the board, obviously, to the nonprofit Jake's projects. And we recommend if you can take a look again, we talked about good childhood memories. And that's what we're trying to create through Jake's project. So many people can't afford to play sports. And so many people need to be educated on what's going on in the world. If you aren't aware about Jake's story, Jake's story is someone gave him a fentanyl pill, and he didn't realize it was a fentanyl pill, and it stopped his heart, and it took his life. And if it could happen to a guy that was the size of Jake, um, it could happen to anybody. So we want to save lives. And, and basically, we want to educate people on the dangers of taking uh, drugs that, that aren't meant for you. Only take prescription medicine. Uh, don't ever take someone something someone else gave you. But Jake loves sports. Uh, our family loves sports. And we're trying to basically raise awareness and at the same time, raise money for kids who can't afford to play sports, whether that's Little League, whether that's soccer, or it's kids who are even trying to need help uh, to get into college and pay for books. We're, we're trying to do the best we can through uh, this nonprofit, jakesprojects.org.